Can There Be a North American Century? To learn what contributors from the U.S., Mexico, and Canada think, read The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. The spring edition features legislators, policymakers, and leading writers, including Mark McKinnon, Michael McCall, and Beto O'Rourke. Texas talking, oh, what was that that you said? Texas talking, ah, gonna hoop upside your head. Texas talking, tell me who can you trust when Texas guys are and Texas guys love. Hi, this is Lyle Levitt, singer and songwriter, welcoming you all to the Tribcast and wishing Texas Tribune co-founder and my friend Evan Smith a happy 50th birthday. Happy birthday, Evan. And now here's your host, Emily Ramshaw. Thank you, Mr. Lovett. <laughs> Mr. Lovett, good, exactly. That's good, good one. Uh, this is Emily Ramshaw here with the Tribcast for the fourth week of April. I'm joined by CEO and birthday boy-in-chief, Evan Smith. I wanted a Jesus shot for my birthday, aging, and all I got was this Starbucks coffee. <laughs> aging CEO, right? Yeah. Yes, very quickly aging. Executive editor Ross Ramsey. Howdy. And reporter Patrick Svitek. Hello. I wish that people not on Facebook Live could see these two. You know, dressed exactly the same. <laughs> these two, these three, all. Well, all I'm not three. wearing khakis. I have yeah. a tie on. Let's Evan, please Evan's pan the socks. camera so we can see. <laughs> yeah. Speed tech looks like Ross's mini me. Well, for Except you, because he's taller, he's bigger, like Ross's you know, maxi me. That's exactly right. Yeah. For you, you Tribcast <laughs> listeners, this is the this is the inaugural Tribcast that we have streamed live via Facebook video. So about halfway or three quarters of the way through, we're going to be taking some questions and topics from our virtual audience. But we're going to start by talking about how royally screwed Ted Cruz got last night in New York. Patrick, you want to fill us in? Sure. So New York held its primary last night. There were 95 delegates up for grabs, and as of this morning, it looks like Ted Cruz not only did he come in third place, a distant third to frontrunner Donald Trump, but it looks like he's on track not to collect a single delegate there. Um, again, this was Donald Trump's home state. He was obviously expected to win it. Um, but, you know, Cruz and his, his campaign knew that they needed to show, I, I believe, some signs of life in a state like New York, especially with more Northeast states voting uh, a week from now. It was almost a forfeit, though. In some ways, they they did campaign there. It's not there. a forfeit. He they, actually tried. Yeah, they, they didn't write off the state entirely. They he kind of pulled back a little right? bit in the What's final days. What's the point of eating matzah if you're not going to get a delegate? <laughs> matzah tastes like shit. What is the yeah. point yeah. of Filed eating matzah? Filed the election protest like that. Seriously. I ate matzah, yeah. I get I mean, a delegate. If, if only On he had forfeited, he wouldn't have had to eat all that horrible stuff. <laughs> but he didn't forfeit. It's not that bad when you cover it with chocolate and coconut. Look, the irony of this whole thing, if you go back several months, is it turns out that Ted Cruz's New York value was zero delegates. Exactly. Right? That was the yeah. value of his effort. And oh, Evan's been thinking up that line since last <laughs> Man, night. Man, I've been saving and tossing and turning, <laughs> waiting to use it. On the but they, they had hoped to, part of their strategy was to kind of micro-target some districts. Some of these districts in New, uh, such, uh, such a blue state like New York, you have uh, some congressional districts with such a low number of Republicans that if you're a presidential candidate, a Republican presidential candidate, you can go in there and you can woo them. And, and hopefully there's such a low number that you can ultimately win them over because they get three delegates at the district level, just like delegates, uh, just like districts that have all these Republican voters. And even even in at least one of those districts that they were targeting, uh, Trump ended up sweeping all three. So, But of course, the irony is John Kasich won sure, sure, Manhattan. Yeah. And he got a handful. Which is where of... Donald Trump lived. He got either right. three or six delegates. They're still, you know, fooling I, with the, the number. The number that but... I saw today was of the total of 95, Trump got 90 and Kasich got five. I think Kasich got a couple down where Trump lives, truly embarrassing somewhat. Trump's not going to care about this. Yeah, the, ele- the, the, the escalator will stop The, pe- the people who knew Trump the best, the people who live right around Trump's 
in his neighborhood in Manhattan. But then I think Kasich got a couple like around Syracuse or something like that, right? As oh. of last night, Kasich actually beat Trump in one congressional district. Yeah, I think it was the, the I think vote. it may have yeah. been the one in Manhattan. Well, hmm. I mean, Trump didn't really seem to give a damn. I mean, last night he was basically saying it's over now. Based right, on but didn't you, didn't you lie? I mean, I totally buy this whole idea that now this is like the on the leash Trump. Mm-hmm. It was the most efficient. What short and speech. sweet? He referred to Ted Cruz as Senator yeah. Cruz, yep. <laughs> not Lion Ted. You know, there was none of that. I mean, except for one dig at the media, which he claimed falsely doesn't want to tell the story of his campaign. Right. Accurately, that was course, pretty quick. Like always. within the but first like, thirty seconds, it was like it was like, it was like muscle media. memory. And then he went, "Oh no, I'm on Paul Manafort's leash. I have to actually behave myself." Right. Meanwhile, right. Ted Cruz seemed to in. Ted Cruz seemed to compare himself to Bernie Sanders in his you know concession <laughs> speech. Sure, he basically yeah. said, you know. So his hair and Bernie Sanders and I are both the outsiders. Ate matzo this yeah. week. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. He said, you know, Bernie Sanders and I are basically are both the outsiders. I mean, does Cruz count as an outsider in this race? A, a lot of people will oh probably God, say, totally. in, in New York he does. Well, in New York, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you couldn't get more <laughs> outside. Exactly. Yeah. But he's now effectively the establishment guy. No, no. Guy. Ted Cruz is an outsider. Ted Cruz has always been an outsider. The shock has been that Ted Cruz has become the establishment guy. But Ted Cruz was an outsider before he was an insider. But I don't think right? Donald Trump yeah. count, counts as an insider. Well, no, but he counts as you know. It's just how outside are you? You know, Trump and Cruz are fighting for. If you're the establishment candidate among those two, you're just the closest moon. You're still way out there. I mean, this has been Cruz's central dilemma um, as far as his identity in this race goes ever since Trump rose last summer, which is you know how to claim that outsider mantle with someone like Trump in the race. And we've seen so many different methods and so many different rhetorical strategies from Cruz to try to reclaim that mantle or try to refashion it uh, to favor him, not Trump. And again, he's obviously one of the last men standing, so he's not been completely unsuccessful to doing that. But it's still a struggle for him, I think, to to find that contrast. And it's got to kill Ted Cruz that he, you know, he was endorsed by Lindsey Graham, and yet he still isn't winning. Right? <laughs> yeah. right? That'll be on Ted, you know, Ted Cruz's. Uh, you know, his, That's his, his version his, of eating his, matzo, his, right? His obituary, right? right exactly. <laughs> Lindsey Graham is endorsement matzo. That's exactly right. His his obituary, you know, Ted Cruz, who was endorsed by Lindsey Graham, right? It's killing him. But he's he's the, the, we're in a weird, this is like through the looking glass. We're in a weird situation now where Ted Cruz is suddenly the establishment choice. And, you know, the morning television programs, fastest way to know that something is not right is to listen to the conventional wisdom on the morning programs, and particularly on Morning Joe. Are they all saying it's over? The conversation today was, is, you know, basically it's over. Right. And there's no way now for Ted Cruz mathematically to get back in this. The assumption is now being made matter-of-factly, which I think is crazy, that somehow Trump is going to get to 1237 or within enough – you know, close enough to 1237 that it was a foregone conclusion he'll be the nominee. I still think he has problems, and I think that Cruz has been much better at stealing delegates. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion at all that Trump is going to be Well, how does the math work for a brokered convention at this point? If they don't get to 12, if Trump doesn't get to 1237, then you go to the convention, Mm -hmm. you cast the first ballot, you see what the, I guess the big play there is going to be what the delegates who are unbound on the first ballot do. If enough of them go to Trump, it's over. If enough of them don't, then you free a bunch of delegates on the second ballot. You free, you free the rest, right, on the third ballot. Not, not all. Most of the rest. Oh, most of the rest. Yeah, yeah. By the time you get to third ballot, I think it's like 90% are free mm-hmm. or something right. like that. And as you, the further you go into that pool, presumably the better off Ted Cruz is because right. that's where the organization except, except that's where organization in, starts to overtake majorities. Except we really are in uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Trump is the nominee. I also don't think it's a foregone conclusion that if Trump is not the nominee and it goes to a second ballot that Cruz is the nominee. I'm not I don't know that I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not convinced that the rules as they stand today are going to be the rules at the convention. You know, a lot of the really smart players, the Steve Ministeries of the world, want to be on the rules committee. Mm-hmm. 
at the beginning of the convention. You know, that's that's going to be a thing. I think the discussion this morning, too, has been how close does Trump get to 1237 and does he get close enough that it would be, you know, intra-party suicide like, to deny that, him but, the nomination. But what's that number, though? Is yeah, I mean, it's completely, yeah, it's 1100? completely ambiguous, and, but, you know. You know yeah. how, do you, how do you get through that convention without somebody walking out really pissed off? I, I thought yeah. that somebody who said party. last night, you better bring a gas mask to <laughs> Cleveland. <Yeah. laughs> I actually think that's completely right. Was that generic, right. or was that just for the convention? <laughs> well, it is It is Cleveland. Boy, oh, you're going to R. Ramsey at... Yeah. Uh, there goes our Cleveland audience. Well, but I think there's something legit. There's something legitimate to the idea that no matter the outcome of this, the likelihood that we're looking at kumbaya as opposed to police having to drag away, you know, people fighting. Right. I, I actually think Trump's the, argument the is latter trying is to steal it completely from possible. Absolutely. And the kind of people who are apt to be agitated by an outcome that they don't consider to be fair right. are the kinds of people who are likely to be throwing punches and using sticks. And I mean, it's going to be a, a, well, a complete madhouse. What do they do between there and November is really the question. I mean, they can do whatever they want in Ohio, but the right. But do of those, course, do those Republicans vote in November? Do they vote for right, the Republicans? But of course, can that they put then, the party back together? That then begs the question of, well, are the Democrats necessarily going to be any better off? I'm not expecting that there are going to be fists thrown in Philadelphia, but I do believe somebody threw a knish at Hillary Clinton's motorcade the other day from the Sanders campaign. <laughs> I do actually think that the Sanders uh, voters seem much less Everybody's disposed Googling to right. you know, K-N-I. Yeah, right. Got it. Uh, it, it's, it's definitely <laughs> the case that the Sanders uh, supporters do not seem to be with her. Uh, you know, if things don't work out their way, at least immediately. And that's a huge issue from the Democrat standpoint. The Democrats are concerned. Look, it could, could, could cause Hillary Clinton to make a totally different choice for vice president than she would otherwise make through the front door. Well, the question on that is going to be, does she go toward the Sanders types with the vice presidential thing or does she sure, go back I'm to the middle? You, man, she, I got all, I got all my money Elizabeth on Sherry Warren? Brown. I have all my money on Sherry Brown from Ohio. It's a twofer. It's a state she needs to win. And he's, in essence, a Bernie bro. Right, in some ways, yeah. uh, but I, I think that actually means, from the standpoint of, because all I care about is Texas, from the standpoint of whether Julian Castro's chances of being the nominee are high or low, I think they're hurt by two things: the fact that the likelihood of either de- Republican nominee getting a big percentage of the Hispanic vote and her having to make a strategic decision for that reason, that's a low likelihood that the Republicans are going to mm-hmm. make inroads. And the second thing is that the Sanders stuff causes her to need to pivot to somebody right. who is more closely left. associated with, with the Sanders shit. I think she can safely rely on Democrats not voting for either Trump or Cruz. I, I think they come back either way. So, so she could pick anybody she wants? Yeah. So Louis C.K.? I think that'd be great. That'd be, that'd be hilarious. So what is Cruz's then strategy from like here on show out? Would be the delegate number looks like think. it is. You know, where does he have a shot? Which states does he actually have a legitimate shot in in the sure. near future? In, in the short term, the next contests are next a week from uh, now, next Tuesday, and it's I believe five again northeastern states. Of those five, um, he seems to be focusing it's on Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Connecticut, Delaware, Rhode Island, Maryland. Yeah, he seems to be focusing on two of them in, in specific: Maryland and, and Pennsylvania. Um, he, his first post-New York primary event was this morning in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and he's already dispatching surrogates there. Um, the, the Cruz campaign is also looking forward to, uh, I think it's the first week of May when Indiana holds its primary. I think they view it, at, at least if you zoom out a little bit, they view it uh, a lot like Wisconsin, which is a state they did they did very well in. Um, it's a very organizable state. I think they, they view it as a state where they have some time to, to really ramp up organizationally. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to be 
courting the governor there, who is a respected figure in conservative circles. Um, and again, that would draw some parallels with Wisconsin. Th- this there. guy was anti-discrimination ordinance yeah. before anti-discrimination <laughs> exactly. ordinance was yeah. cool. You got right? You know, yeah. uh, if you're talking about Mike Pence's state, that's a Ted Cruz yeah. Deal right there. Well, and I think they're you know they're in enough trouble in the Northeast that they just you know that's the landmass they're swimming toward. Let's get us out of the Northeast yeah. and get us back yeah. in well, middle you know, America. Remember the old James Carville line? I'm going to paraphrase it because I can't remember it exactly. That Pennsylvania is Pittsburgh and Philadelphia separated by Alabama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There is there is um, room in right. Pennsylvania for a Ted Cruz style candidate to find. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like Mike McCall's yeah. congressional district. What is Mike McCall's congressional district? It's Austin and Houston separated by Alabama, basically. Right. There is room. Sorry, Brenham. Well, it's true. I mean, politically, it's true. There's room in Pennsylvania for Ted Cruz votes. But I don't know what the dele- – I yeah. heard something today the, that somehow there's a yeah. lot of unbound delegates in that state, right? Yeah, so – the way delegates, I have to brush up on this, but the way delegates are awarded in Pennsylvania is on a basis that it looks like would favor Ted Cruz's organization. Right. Um, you know, I, I think there's been some chatter. You know, you could, for example, you could come in third in Pennsylvania in the kind of be- the beauty contest, the popular vote, and still collect a, a lot of uh, a lot of delegates. The, lo- the lower likelihood is that in the other states, Connecticut, Maryland, Delaware, yeah. you know, Lincoln Chafee's Rhode Island. I don't think Ted Cruz is going to be feeling the chafe very much next Tuesday. <laughs> Um, but I, but I do actually, actually yeah. but I do well, it, it, the wrong kind. <laughs> right. so, it'd be south rather than north chafing. Um, I do actually think oh, though that, the, that Indiana. <laughs> I think I need to change topics really fast. <laughs> Indiana is actually moderate, a great, moderate. It's yeah. a great state for for Cruz. Yeah. And also something that's notable this morning, we were hearing Ted Cruz for the first time acknowledge what has been the reality for a while. But he is explicitly saying after his defeat in New York, we are headed to a contested convention. You know, ever since. Mm-hmm. Early to mid-March, he and his campaign were at least publicly holding out hope that they could get to 1237 before Cleveland. They knew it was a steep climb, but that was their public position. Um, and as we hinted at earlier, he's now, by all, most accounts, mathematically eliminated. Trump from, said specifically what Ted Cruz is just What else is he going to say? Everything yeah. Ted Cruz says now, even if it's right, is some version of, I'm not dead yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. All right, well, I want to pivot to the latest dumpster fire in state <laughs> politics. Uh, and so that's a gas pump fire, actually. <laughs> yes. It's hard out can there we, for can a we pump. Can we make guesses first? Which one <laughs> yeah. is it? Right, exactly. Which dumpster? Yeah. Uh, yes, let's talk about gas pumps, actually. Terry Langford on our staff had a story uh, this week about Sid Miller and some new stickers that appear on gas pumps. To the tune so the, of- ag, the Ag Department has, among its responsibilities, uh, the printing of and you the all the weights and measures stuff. Right, yeah. weights and measures. And right. so it's the printing of and the distribution of the stickers that show that a gas pump is an approved pump it's not gonna yeah right so you know I, I had an incident once in dallas years and years ago where i put 15 gallons of gas in an 11 gallon tank obviously weights and measures hadn't been around for a while right had, or you had not checked the pump or you had just hit that automatic <laughs> but pump you know what thing and then gone to the bathroom that's, that's, four that's gallons what we're trying to make sure of you buy 11 <laughs> gallons on the you're pavement you're right. probably sure what happened you were buying cheetos or something <laughs> in, the, in the gas and sip and that's what happened um, the, uh, it the, sounds like Evan was there. I was. I, was, I can. It was a long time ago. Evan yeah, was Jason there. Jason blaring that anecdote. Um, so the the issue is that there were something like less than a thousand of the stickers that predated Miller's arrival in the ag department available. Right? There were there was some number. Kind of. True. Kind of true. Right. But basically, they made a decision to reprint the stickers. Well, they reprinted the first version, and they reprinted the old. Like the old stickers with Sid Miller's name on them. And they and made they his have, name big. No, not yet. 
just like Todd Staples stickers. No, just, but then, uh, but you, where Todd Staples' name on, on the on. stickers just give, were was give Ross a second. They, they, He's they reprinted get there. stickers just like Todd Staples stickers. Right. And they apparently have run through those enough that they've redesigned the sticker, and Correct. now Miller's name is bigger. Right. So we're saying we're saying a version the of the I, same thing. The you're idea at, that Staples exactly didn't right. leave them enough stock Correct. is not right. Right. So Staples Staples <laughs> left plenty of stock, and they went through the Staples stickers. Then they went through the initial cut at the Miller stickers. Right. Then when the Miller stickers had dwindled to some number in the high three figures, they maybe, made a decision maybe. to re- <laughs> maybe right. they made a decision to reprint the stickers. But when they reprinted the stickers, they said, "Hey." Maybe we can make the commissioner's name as big as his belt buckle, and so they did, or some, or his hat, and, and put so, it at the top of the sticker instead of down here in the fine. And print. then down here in the bottom, with an asterisk, with an yeah. asterisk, is a message that I'm going to paraphrase: "Up yours, Texas legislature," right. or something like. Are that. Are you upset about the gas tax? It's basically the fault of the legislature, not me. It's on them. Right. 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 So of course, Sid Miller, again, to the tune of ninety thousand dollars. Public by the citizen. Way, this new, this redesign. Yeah, makes you know, news. It's you know, it's one of those things where. It's not unexpected for a statewide official in Texas to fling his or her name up high on something if they can. Um, you know, people have been doing it for years. The legislature fought with Bob Bullock over this for years on all the publications out of the controller's office. They put a thing in state law to keep John Sharp from putting his face or name on the Texas lottery when he was running it. You know, they, they realized that this is the on nature the balls. of the beast. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> the thing the thing that probably got the legislature Man, you're get a text into in this thing, five seconds. <laughs> right. Probably. Yeah, that's where there it is. Um, the thing that got the legislature here was that language that he stuck in there, which was basically um, all motor fuel taxes are set by the U.S. Congress and Texas state legislature, not all in caps, <laughs> by the, all caps, right. by I the mean, Texas Department of Agriculture or Texas Agriculture Commissioner. It's don't like, blame yeah. me. Love right. it. Right. 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 Tweak their noses. Ross, you had this line in a column today that it was uh, Miller's itch for public attention that kept getting him into trouble. Well, you know, he he wants publicity and he's getting it. And and. It's, Be careful what you wish. He's right. raised his profile. You do something like this where you tweak the legislature, and he's got some legal problems right now. The Texas Rangers are investigating him. It'd be nice to have some friends. And he just twisted their noses again, and they're like, I'm not feeling very friendly. The, the, so we saw this big groundswell of support for Rick Perry when he was indicted a couple of years ago. Yeah. And they had a rally at the arraignment. Um you know, you could see everybody gather around him. Uh, nobody's gathering around the city. He's all yeah, by himself. Yeah, even Governor Abbott said, you know, was quoted saying there needs to be a thorough investigation. I think this is warranted. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Thanks, pal. Allow me to send John Whitman out <laughs> right. to right. do my— Right. Um, a legislator, somebody currently in the legislature who's been in the legislature for several terms, said to me some months ago when, when we were talking about Commissioner Miller, he said, the problem is not that we don't know Sid Miller. The problem is that we do. And I think that that I mean, th- this is the issue. I mean, the, the issue here for Sid Miller is, as you say, right. they know this guy. There's an issue with this guy that some people in the legislature have, and he's not working to to build a bridge, right? Right. He's got to well, he's got the gas out from the pumps that have the stickers on them, and he's now got a, a lit match. Well, I was talking to a legislator the other day, a Republican legislator, who said, you know, and I said, how come nobody has jumped up? really critically about Sid Miller or about Ken Paxton, who's also facing some legal troubles. Right. And this legislator said, well, you know, we'd all like to talk about Sid, but none of us want to talk about Ken. So we're all going to be quiet. Can we, can we say a word about that? I don't know if this is on your agenda. Yeah, a very quick word. The very quick word is I keep waiting for the cracks in the facade to appear on both Miller and Paxton. Both of them are in, by the standards of even recent statewide elected officials, in some trouble, at least perceived 
trouble. Right. It remains to be seen whether either of them is going to be in actual trouble. They could both easily be they acquitted. They could both right. easily mm-hmm. be found not guilty of the things that they've been accused of formally and informally. But, you know, the Democrats, Ed Espinoza and Philip Martin attacking Ken Paxton and uh, – uh, and and Sid Miller is like you know brush the dirt off your shoulder. Right. When a Republican comes out or Republicans <laughs> plural and come out and start attacking in a public way these guys, that is a crack in the facade. We saw the first version of that sort of this week. David Simpson, state representative from Longview, candidate for Senate District One yeah. in a runoff, uh, published an op-ed in his hometown paper. I think it was the Longview paper mm-hmm. in which he said basically regarding Paxton and Miller, enough is enough. David Simpson has always flown by his own set of coordinates. But just one, just right. that one. But name, just though. that one. Yeah. Right. yeah. But but he's the only person who has even right. remotely stepped out to say this is a problem. True. For the I mean, I do think Abbott's statement was giving himself the space to do that in the future, and you know, oh, his, absolutely. Well, it's more than yeah. he said absolutely. about Paxton. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. For sure. But, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on the Abbott note, though, I do. You know, what is Abbott thinking? You know, and uh, another pointing to another column this week that that Ross wrote that I thought was. Interesting. You know, is Abbott sitting back and saying, you know, boy, if Paxton goes down and if, if uh, Miller goes I down, you know. appoint a bunch of people here. Yeah, right. suddenly I look like I get to appoint people like rule? Rick Perry. Isn't, uh, that, that's been that's the question. The that that's the rule. The rule yeah, is if Paxton had to go away or if Miller had to go away, right. the replacement for those on an interim basis until an election. Right, until the next November. Next November right. Would it be the next November or would it be the 2018 cycle? No, it would be the next election. It works just like judges. So then they would have to be right. up for. So but he could, you know. Right. I right. think Abbott's just being his good old uh, cautious self. I mean, yep. what I was going to say earlier is that I think when, it, when you look at the difference between how Republicans could or could not respond to Sid Miller and Ken Paxton, it seems Sid Miller may be a little more palatable because what he's ale- accused of doing or what we, or is reported to have done involved taxpayer dollars. It was on his current job. The Ken Paxton charges obviously stem so from So by a, palatable, you mean earlier. attacking Sid Miller? Well, yeah, for it's e- it may be easier. I think we still don't have people speaking out about it, but I think the threshold may be a little right. more lower slash realistic for other people to come out and say something's wrong here. Oh, the other thing I'd, I'd observe is that we've had an election cycle in which the charges against Ken Paxton, not official and formal, but unofficial and informal, have essentially been weighed by the voters of this state. Well, you know, they looked at the first blush up. Oh, listen, yeah. you know, Dan Branch in the runoff and then you right. know, Sam Houston in the general and the Democrats certainly in the general said, Barry Smitherman in the, said, in the, in this the is a, primary. said right. this is a guy who is ethically challenged, who's right. going to have problems that are going to come home to roost and you guys can't risk having this guy be your attorney general. The public said, nah, we can't. Well, because in a Republican primary, he was from the right part of the Republican but primary. But in the general the election, right the Democrats couldn't make any – look, Ken Paxton's margin against Sam Houston in the general election was no different than Dan, Paxton, right. Dan Patrick's against Leticia or Greg Abbott's against Wendy Davis. There was no sign of any fall off on Paxton because people had anxiety about that stuff. All right, right, so let's pivot and see if there are any questions from our Facebook Live audience or topics. Uh, Rodney, who's the man behind the camera, do you want to give us a topic yeah, we got or two? One from uh, a lot of people asking more about Ted Cruz. So Jamie Gump wants to know what's the best possible outcome for Senator Cruz at this point in the election? An ambassadorship? The White House. Jamie Gump. So <laughs> Jamie Gump wants to know uh, what the best possible outcome is for Ted Cruz at a point like this. That's an address on Pennsylvania Avenue is the best outcome. What's the second best outcome? Yeah, the path there would be for him to prevail at a contested convention, which, as we, we talked about earlier, I think is is somewhat likely given his organization. Again, his best bet is being able to kind of plant supporters in the ranks so that 
uh, in Cleveland when it gets to a second ballot and subsequent ballots that they'll be able to switch their support as soon as possible uh, to Cruz. And so, it, it, again, if the goal is to still get to the White House, I don't know if we're working within the, <laughs> those those confines, mm -hmm. it's to get to a contested convention right. and have that organization pay off. It's a very fragile coalition he's building. Like, you can't you know, you can't get sworn statements from all these delegates that they're going to eventually switch to you. You have to have relationship building and you have to, uh, to just take their words, right? basically. <laughs> and, and, so. and here's what's not going to happen. He's not going to be Donald Trump's running mate. In fact, I don't think he would be anybody else's running mate. I think it's basically White House or bust for him. Mm -hmm. And bust in this case means come back to Texas and be senator, which is not a bad Well, and he's up, in, a bad eight, he's up in 18. It actually sets up sort of an interesting thing. You know, if, if, if um, you know, there's two, sort of two branches to this. If he does well enough to get a place in the next administration, either at the top or someplace in it, Greg Abbott's going to be appointing a U.S. senator, and we're going to have a special election like we did in the when Lloyd Benson moved up. What's the chance up. of that? Well, you know, I don't know. When you get there, what do you need to do, and which which part uh, of the I'd, constituency I'd do I'd you like need to, nominate to answer? My next attorney general, right. Lion Ted. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> um, well. You know, if um, if he goes back, he's up for re-election in 2018. Is he weakened enough to attract any opponents, no. either in, in the Texas Republican Unlikely. Party? Yeah, right. I mean, I, anything, he's bolstered his reputation. I, yeah. I swear to God, he comes back to Texas in better shape here. Does he want another term in the Senate, or does he want to do something else? What is the something? I think I don't know. already indicated he wants to do something mm. else, and that is be president. Right. Maybe right. Trump puts him on the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> any others from the uh, peanut yeah. gallery? Yeah, two more. Uh, comment, Dinas, uh, Denise Flores. Is unrelated to anything you're discussing, but Patrick has superhero hair. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Denise Flores. It's, it's, it's not blue enough. Says Patrick has superhero hair. I got hair. a haircut uh, two weeks ago, I think, so I appreciate that. All right. Okay, more... I thought you meant Dan Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is about, about, about the Tribcast audience, Patrick Spitek is kind of like the Ryan Gosling of our of our audience, Let's right? Not go oh that <laughs> I think we can make him redder. Uh, this is he's matinee right? idol of the wonks. Patrick, Evan <laughs> is Evan is trying to ensure speaking. that you never work anywhere yeah. else again. <laughs> All right, more serious one. Uh, let's see, Nina Wright Miller or Nina Wright says, uh, Sid Miller keeps showing up in my Facebook feed, and I don't know why. Can you explain that? <laughs> Nina wants to know why Sid Miller keeps ending up in her Facebook feed. Well, there is actually a lot of Sid Miller himself in people's Facebook feeds. He, he has really yeah. incredible Facebook um, Facebook posts. Including, he's really keeping it 100 on Facebook. Isn't yeah, he? I mean, he's, every morning I wake up and I have a new, you know, scene, you know, bucolic scene with a horse galloping across. <laughs> he has so or, many daily installments. There's a joke of the day. There's yeah. a text right. history moment of right. the day. Like, there's a, there's, really, a, there's, a blow, there's a blow up Muslims he's, image he's of the day. He's purchased a lot of time right. on Facebook and he's purchased a lot of social media and in his campaign finance forums, you know, he's still spending a significant amount of money keeping his presence up. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this Facebook thing is not going anywhere. <laughs> right. Uh, any others? All right. Well, uh, one topic I just wanted to get back to quickly is I would like to see if Ross will predict. <laughs> no. <laughs> Your favorites. So Cardinals if, in four. Yeah, yeah, right. So if we lose a Paxton or if we lose a Miller, are there any? Where's my Paxton? Yeah, right. <laughs> Left uh, it in my other pants. <laughs> who's on the short list? You know, who might Abbott consider? The You know, the Paxton list is better formed because it's a more important job. Mm -hmm. uh, the AG. Mm -hmm. It's also where Greg Abbott came from. He's the longest serving AG in state history. Um the names that keep coming back up are two Supreme Court justices, Eva Guzman and Don Willett. Uh, dark horse bets are uh, Daniel Hodge, who was first assistant 
there under Abbott and is now his chief of staff. I've heard Chip Roy's name mentioned, uh, who was uh, first assistant until recently to Ken Paxton. So um, now he's over with the cruise pack. You know, the one that, you know, at a glance does the most. Boy, that for, would be an, I'm sorry. That would be an FU to Paxton. I don't think it matters. If Paxton goes out discredited, the, it would still you know, be an FU. Right, to take the FU train, right? Right. Um, but I, don't, the, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there is such a train, according to New York values, right? Would you put somebody who'd been in Paxton's administration, though, back? I mean, if Paxton leaves discredited. It, you know, it depends. I mean, you know, Chip Roy's been been flushed out of there, and um, you know, or probably flushed himself out of there. Well, lost that association, I think, right. in in the process. If you look at it, just first blush at Abbott's politics, um, it's hard to argue against Guzman. Put um, Hispanic, first Hispanic uh, in that uh, first Hispanic female in that job. Um, would be and the she, first. Would be the first the female ballot. attorney general of Texas in history. Am I remembering right? And also Latina. Right. Uh, which, from the standpoint of the Republican Party wanting to be and to present itself as the party of diversity, you can understand the right. optics of that are positive, leaving aside the question of her worthiness. For all we know, she's quite worthy for the job. I don't, I don't actually, I'm sort of un, I don't have a point of view about her worthiness. I do have a point of view about the politics of it, which are quite positive. That's what I'm saying. At yeah. first blush, she, she looks mm-hmm. like a slam dunk, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's always other considerations. And, and, and there could be that. other, and frankly, there could be other people. It's you know he has a particular idea about how that ought to run. I mean he was the attorney general. Here's a dark, here's a dark horse. Here's a dark horse candidate. You want to hear a dark horse candidate? <laughs> Ted Cruz. <laughs> Ted Cruz. Yeah. Well you know that what? Is, being that, you're atter- right. That is a dark yeah. horse. Being attorney yeah. general. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Hold it. Being attorney general of Texas is probably a better job for Ted Cruz than being Mitch McConnell's spittoon. You know, you return you return to the Senate after losing the presidential nomination, and you got to work with these jagoffs. Are you kidding me? I mean, from Ted Cruz's standpoint, isn't wouldn't be a bad place. That's to the be a bad place. Place. until twenty twenty, right? Yeah, don't you think? I think no. that's all the time we have. <laughs> uh, if you have questions or comments, you can email them to tribcast at texastribune.org. You can also sign up for Tribcast alerts at texastribune.org slash tribcast. Thanks to The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute for its support of the Tribcast and to Shiny Ribs for our music. And on behalf of Evan, Patrick, Ross, Todd, Rodney, our man on video, uh, uh, and... Uh, I think I ran out of people. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, your own yeah. self. and and TribFest tickets are on sale. Oh, and TribFest tickets are on sale. Thanks so much for listening. Texas talking. Texas talking. Texas talking. Evan and the pop culture references at 50. I gotta stay relevant, man.